This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Two guys of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Let's pump it up around here. All right. Turn those twin frowns upside down. All right, it's tough. L.A. It's uh, the time zone difference. It's tough to play baseball in Los Angeles. People are all worked up. Bunch of people fighting about the bullpen. Judd fighting with people about the bullpen on Twitter. I started that fight again on Friday. I'm now obsessed with 5 for 43 with the bases loaded. That's my new obsession. Is that the official update after? Uh, Yeah. Jeffers Jeffers struck out, um, and that became 5 for 42, and then Gallo struck out, and now you're 5 for 43 with one walk on the road trip, 0 for 9 with one walk, bases loaded. But think how talented you have to be to load the bases 43 times in one season, though. Okay, That's what I'm more focused on. When did Bally's hire you? You keep loading the bases When like did that. Bally's hire you? <laughs> You're a secret agent. <laughs> well, every Monday, we dive into our state of the Minnesota Twins here on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd. You're home for daily Minnesota sports, entertainment, speculation, and therapy. It might be a combination of all three of those things in our Twins discussion. So we'll get to the overall snapshot, and then I have four categories of discussion to throw at you here today, presented by our friends and next-door neighbors to uh, to the old ballpark, Modest Brewing, tap room in the North Loop right next to Target Field. Old MacDat got himself into a couple Supra Deluxe Premium Lagers over the weekend. You can see those cans on the screen right now. The Crooked Forest Smoke Lager in the tap room, legitimately one of the best, most unique beers I've ever had. Declan used to be just steps away from Modest Brewing, but now you're going to have to work for it, suburb guy, a little bit more. That's Hopefully it's good. tantalizing enough. <laughs> no, out. exactly. I mean, look, the Giants are coming in town. The Giants rarely ever make the trip to Target Field. You got Toronto. You, I can guarantee you those crazy Toronto fans, which are always the most, or probably the best traveling fans that come to Target Field every year, are going to be loaded up at Modest this weekend for Memorial Weekend. It's going to be a packed and great time at Modest Brewing. And as long as some of those Blue Jays fans who are usually very nice, just you know, save us a couple seats outside in the patio, enjoy some sunshine. That's all I ask for from Toronto. And maybe don't hit so many bombs against the Twins off the Twins pitching. Uh, but yes, Modest, one of the best spots and uh, a great little spot to go before a Twins game. Yep, just steps from the field, steps from the light rail, Modest Brewing, so check them out. All right, boys, the overall snapshot here, State of the Twins. On this Monday morning, they have a twenty-five and twenty-two record. Mm-hmm. So they're still about. They lost. They lost four of six against the LA teams. A couple tough games in there that 
Probably could have gone either way, but 25 and 22 on the season. They're three and a half games up on the Tigers, who are now the second place team in the division. Yeah. The Tigers, who are still trotting out the corpse of Miguel Cabrera, I think, on a regular basis. Yes. Didn't he like wave goodbye to everyone last year? Well, I guess when you're about to get thirty-five million a year. Yeah, no, he said. Yeah, season, he said bye, but I'm coming back to steal your cash next season because I'm signed. <laughs> um, th- uh, one of the innovative, I forget what it's called on MLB tracking, but they did this sprint speed breakdown between Rich Hill was on the mound facing Miguel Cabrera, and there was a dribbler to up the right side, and Rich Hill was like still just like a mile and a half per hour faster than Miguel Cabrera, just two. Two big old guys is trying their best to run the first oh, wow. base. It was hilarious to see Dude. it breaking down. Someone posted a clip of those guys facing each other back in 2005 when Miguel Cabrera, <laughs> I think, played for the Marlins and Rich Hill played for the Cubs like almost 20 years ago. Anyhow, the Twins are three and a half games up on the Tigers, four and a half games up on Cleveland. The Twins offense ranks 11th in runs scored per game, so a fringe top 10 offense. And the Twins' defense and pitching ranks third in runs prevented, so third in runs allowed per game. Well, I mean, that if you told me, hey, it's going to be one of the three best run prevention teams in baseball and a fringe top 10 offense, take it or leave it, I would say I would, I would take that the rest of the year, see what kind of damage you can do. Baseball reference gives the Twins a 74% chance to make the playoffs, 2% chance to win the World Series, Fangraphs gives the Twins a 79% chance to make the playoffs, 4.5% to win the World Series. Can I give you guys, just for like the state, because it's so incredible, of the AL Central, the run differentials right now? Yeah. Because they are, this this is one of the most remarkable things. The Twins are very respectable, awesome, plus 43, okay? Nothing wrong with that. That's really good. It's very good. Very good. Really good. The Tigers in second place, as Phil noted, minus 51. Cleveland, which, if I'm not mistaken, just got swept by the Mets, including in a double header on Sunday, minus 34. Hold on to your hats, though, because that's fantastic compared to the White Sox, minus 54. And then the Royals, minus 71. Mm. That's the rest of the division. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And the Twins don't have a juggernaut team at this point. But I think the way they're currently constructed, even without a deadline move, which we're going to get to a juicy rumor on that front, by the way, later on in this episode. Love that. Love to hear that. Yep. Some reckless speculation coming. Um, they have a team as constructed right now, flaws and all, that's good enough to win this division by a lot of games. So, mm-hmm. all right, the first category, I'm going to start positive. I know that people are up in arms. The Twins lost two series in a row in L.A. There's bullpen trouble. We'll get to all that stuff. But I'm going to start positive with you guys. The first category is we finally got one. I believe tonight's starting pitcher is Bailey Ober against San Francisco. I think it's his turn tonight. The Twins have finally developed a starting pitcher. (laughs) For the first time in the Derek Falvey and Thad Levine history, this is year seven. Yep. We have a homegrown, a purely homegrown, a pitcher that the Twins, wait, I should check, double check on this. They did draft Bailey Ober, right? I just want to I want to confirm. Maybe I'm I just want to make sure before we train wreck the first uh yes, 12th round Twins 2017. Yep. So out of the Col- uh, College of Charleston. So, Bailey Ober has a 1.78 ERA in 5 starts this year. If you want to lump in his 11 starts from last year, so 16 starts since the beginning of last year, a 2.71 earn run average and a fielding independent pitch a FIP, which is like expected ERA, of 2.94. 
So there's not like a huge gap in, is he getting lucky? He's just been really good. He's 27 years old. He's the first pitcher, from what I can tell, that's been a mainstay, rock-solid starting pitcher that the, the Derek Falvey, Thad Levine regime either drafted or signed as like an 18, 17-year-old international free agent. And I even have a list. 60 different pitchers have made a start for the Twins since Derek Falvey and Thad Levine took over. 60, okay? Mm-hmm. From, the, from the top down, Jose Barrios was here when they got here. Kyle Gibson was here when they got here. Jake Odorizzi was a free agent signing or a trade. He was a veteran. Michael Pineda was a veteran. Joe Ryan was already in AAA when they traded for him. So yep. he had been spent three years developing in the Rays' ridiculously good system. Irvin Santana, Kent Maeda, veterans. Bailey Ober has made the eighth most starts. Sonny Gray, veteran. Martin Perez, veteran. Dylan Bundy. Adalberto Mejia was not that good. <laughs> Chris Archer, veteran. Randy Dobnak was internal. The Dobber. But Great guy. I don't think he... Really good human being. Rises to the level. Lance Lynn, Devin Smeltzer was a trade, but also just kind of a guy. Jay Hat, Bartolo Colon made five starts, 10 starts in 2017, their first year. And then the list just gets like, you know, Matt Shoemaker, Pablo Lopez, guys. Who, Louis Varlin might qualify at some point. Yeah, sure. But we finally got one. We've been waiting for seven years for an internally developed Derek Falvey starting pitcher, and Bailey Ober is him. This is just the start now. It's just the start. It's going to just trigger an endless supply of our, uh, No, it's not. I'm just kidding. Oh, hopefully it gets you one more, maybe. Oh, yeah, it should eventually. At some point. It should, but, but they also... It's interesting because this starting staff right now is based upon the fact that to a certain degree, at least for now, they threw in the towel of development, right? Maeda's hurt. They acquired Paddock. He's hurt. Mally's hurt. So, like, the the ideal was, hey, if Bailey doesn't work out, we got some more here. Now, guys have, have gotten hurt, and Bailey's been very good and effective. But um, I think there was a certain recognition. Perhaps somebody told him, you better get more pitching because so far this assumption that because, Derek, you came from Cleveland, it was just going to be an endless supply of arms was incorrect. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think at the end of the day, like it's, it's good that they have this level of starting pitching because it's covering up some of the blemishes, which brings me to the second category. We have bullpen dissension across twins, Twitter and twins, twins oh, fan universe. I actually got a okay. question for you once you're done. Cause I have a very important analytical question, but go ahead okay. first. Well, I might even get to it here. We'll see. So specifically with Griffin Jacks and Emilio Pagan, there's a lot of people saying, hey, it's been, it's a, it's still kind of a small sample here. We're only 50 games in. The underlying numbers are really good for both those guys. If you look at their expected ERA versus their actual ERA, I bought both those guys are getting unlucky or variance is getting the best of, of their earned run average. Now, Griffin Jacks has six losses. If you, if you want to just look at some of the back of the baseball card stats, Emilio Pagan, has given up the most home runs of any reliever per inning the last two or three years. Emilio Pagan also has the, I believe, one of the highest uh, win probability added numbers, which is basically what is the state of the game when you come in? What's the percent chance the Twins have to win the game when you come in? And then when you leave, did you increase the team's chances to win or, up that or number? decrease the t- right? <laughs> and then and then that gets added on, and he's uh, one of the worst in that category, but. 
But uh, our guy Lavelli Neal, former longtime Twins beat writer for the Star Tribune, now a columnist, says Twins Twitter. I feel like this is a subtweet to Judd, your former colleague. Twins Twitter is a cesspool of people wanting to dump players after a couple bad outings. Anyway, it's May. Stop firing people in May. Pagan actually has the third best fielding independent pitching, which I'll call expected ERA for the audience here, among Twins relievers. So the Twins bullpen, this is the thing. Like Last year, one of the biggest complaints was, well, you keep running these relievers out. They're exhausted. They're, they're piling up more innings than they need to. Twins starters lead the entire league in yep. innings per start this year. So it's not a usage problem. Uh-uh. The bullpen has just been struggling at times. So I guess my question to you is, where do you stand in this? The Twins maybe only have one or two reliable relievers at any given time right now. And you've got some guys that have been good before, like Griffin Jacks, who are struggling right now. What should the level of panic be? Well, it's my opinion that you should not leave guys like Jacks in their current role like it doesn't mean I I never said what I tweeted is it Griffin Jacks is not working out. I meant in the role he's being asked to produce. So I think what you need to do as a manager or as a front office is you need to put guys in different roles given how they are pitching. I realize that bullpens are like goaltenders in hockey at times. There is a volatility that goes with them, and so the consistency is not going to be there. But it is then up to you to make the right moves or at least try different things and not leave um, not leave Griffin Jacks in that role because, damn it, that's his role. I don't think that you should be gifted a role if you start to struggle. But here's my question to you as way more of an analytics guy than I am. And I'm asking this question, so I'm not I'm not coming to this from a confrontational standpoint, okay? But my okay. question You're is not looking for a fight, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm now? not looking to. Yeah, I I am not looking to like debate You're talking this. Talking to as, me? Yeah, I'm asking you a question because I see this now more and more as a escape of well, this is why Judd's wrong or people on Twitter are wrong. Where do you between eye test and actually watching games, but also also using the advanced stats to supplement that, where do you draw the line on, well, it's just all bad luck? Oh, man. That's a really, it's it's so hard because it's not like, I think what happens sometimes is, and, th- and this is what Lavelle is saying, and I agree with him. We're just going to get, just get, it's made, just get rid of his ass. Ship him out of here. I, I, I'm assuming Griffin Jacks has an option left. I don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. okay. Get rid of him, send him down, whatever it is. It's not like there's a treasure trove of five lights out relievers just waiting to be called up. Boy, what are they doing? Why do they keep running? Now, Emilio Pagan, that was a big time first guess by every Twins fan with a set of eyes, right? Why would they pay him $4 million to come back again? Have you not seen enough? So I think the one that you can really look at and say, why is he still being put in situations to blow games? Emilio Pagan. Griffin Jacks probably just falls in the category of hockey goalies where it just unexplainably sometimes relievers are just not reliable from year to year. Now, if I had to put money looking at Griffin Jacks' underlying, under-the-hood analytics, if if I had to put money on something, would I say... Sell on Griffin Jacks 
or buy on Griffin Jacks. I would buy Griffin Jacks stock from now until the rest of the year. There's like a four-run difference between his actual ERA and his expected ERA. He's still missing some bats. Like, I don't think there's an injury here. I think he's just going through a rough stretch. Now, to your point, you can't just treat him like a robot where, oh, he's, he's going through a rough stretch. Let's keep running him out there in one-run games, right? Like, maybe at some point right, he have to bring him back. But, there, again, there's not five or six great lights-out options waiting in the wings at this point. On, but here's my other thing. On the flip side, a guy like Griffin Jacks or Emilio Pagan, the Twins might say, if you look at the underlying analytics, their process is actually sound, and the results will come. It's baseball. Sometimes a 50-game sample can just be noisy. If you just keep running them out there, everything's going to be fine. And I will listen to that argument on Griffin Jacks more than Emilio Pagan. But if you want to hold up Brock Stewart as an example on the other side and say, see, look at Brock Stewart. Look how great he's been for the Twins. So Brock Stewart, mm-hmm. who's only been with the team for what, a couple like month like a month maybe? About a month yeah three three plus weeks i think so he's pitched 12 innings for the twins he has not allowed a run yet brock stewart he's been just from that perspective maybe their best reliever since he since he was brought in the fold but i could look and say well brock stewart uh there is a four run difference between his current era and his expected era he has a he's walked nine batters in 12 innings and has yet to pay for it so there's a luck factor that's going to run out with Brock Stewart on the other side of things. So I would be bracing, I would be selling stock on Brock Stewart, mm-hmm. buying stock on Griffin Jacks if I was a baseball stock trader. But it doesn't mean I'm looking to get rid of either one of them. You're going to need those guys to be decent for you at some point in the next couple months. So I'm very much in the middle on this. I think people are overreacting a little bit. I also think that the Twins could have done more in the offseason to, to bolster their bullpen, and it's kind of a here we go again situation, but, but but relievers are also the easiest thing to get at the trade deadline or before. So yep. that's another reason why I'm not super panicky about this. And if Pagan last season, low leverage situations, he was fine. Like last year in low leverage situations, according to baseball reference, he had an OPS against of 678. That's, that's solid. That's fine. This year it's 730. Um, he's not giving up a lot of runs in low leverage situations. The problem is when you burn, almost all of your high-leverage guys, which was the case going into that Wednesday game against the Dodgers where he walks in a bunch of runs and Dodgers end up scoring a ton because they don't have anyone else there. So when you put a guy who's really good in low-leverage situations and then really bad in high-leverage situations, you're going to get those Pagan basically results. You can almost trademark it at this point that when he's put in high-leverage situations, he's not very good. He just isn't. Got to use him right Yep. So can he be in your bullpen as like your fifth reliever? Sure. Okay, cool. We need a guy. We're up. It's a three-run game. We need someone to come in and mop up an inning or two. You, you're going to need a guy like that. Absolutely. And uh, and they will be able to, much like they traded for Lopez last year, they should be able to trade for someone if they need to. And the division's so bad that they can at least, if they were in the American League East, it'd be a much more urgent situation right now. But they do have some time. To, to get this fixed and to let some of this play out internally. And the so. starters have been outstanding for the most part. Like, th- that yeah. is that is nice. Like, they, they are allowing them to pitch deep into games, and the results, for the most part, are fantastic. So, mm-hmm. that's a huge positive. Well, I, how do you feel about, because I've seen uh, the mob coming at you. The mob comes you, to me a you lot. You tweeted, I think it was, the Griffin-Jacks thing is not working out. And I saw the Twitter mob come at you over the weekend and say, yep. 
You need to calm down. Calm down. You're just... overreacting to a small sample size. His yep. advanced analytics would show you that this is going to turn around. Shame on you, Judd, for overreacting. My response is I would prefer to see him put into situations that dial down the pressure until he starts to have his luck turn. Like sports does involve luck, and if it's bad luck, guess what? I don't want you in a really important spot until your luck turns. Like that's the thing is there's what analytics point to at times, and I think we don't take into account, is there is changes in pendulum of things. Sometimes you get incredibly fortunate. Sometimes you don't. If the analytics tell me his luck right now sucks, guess what? I want to dial down the pressure until that changes. That's my job as a manager, as a president of baseball operations. My job is to make decisions based on everything. That's where I, that's where I think sports get at times way too black and white. So, like, here's what I would say, just looking deeper under the hood with Griffin Jack. But I'm not trying right? to dump him, just to be clear. I was just saying it's not working out. I should have put with where he's being used currently. Yeah, well, that's fair. So here's what I would say about Griffin Jacks. The, the the biggest thing that stands out, and some people, I get this the last few years because we do Purple Daily every day, and people are like, well, why is Mackie talking baseball? Stick to football. Stick to rom-coms, Mackie. No, you should, yeah. That's good I point. did come come up to the industry as a baseball guy, first and foremost, and so I, every once in a while I can dust off the old uh, analytics notebook here. Nerd. So the biggest thing I would look at for Griffin Jacks in terms of projecting future performance, the hard hit rate against, right? I'm going to get nerdy with you guys here yeah. for a second. Football. You're succeeding. So his hard hit rate, this means on batted balls, what percentage of them were barreled, were hit hard? Last year, he had a 31% hard hit rate allowed. This year, it's 17 so he actually he's he is allowing half as much hard contact so far this year. And the batting average on balls in play is like a hundred points higher, despite him allowing a lot less hard contact. That is the type of thing that should turn around. Mm-hmm. What that's telling you is there's a lot of weak contact that's making its way through for base hits and for damage that if you play it out over six months, probably won't be the case. So now, could a guy, this is where, like, the psychological part comes in. Could a guy get paper cut to death, and now all of a sudden, like, his confidence is shook, and he's now he's throwing a meatball in a situation that he ordinarily wouldn't? There's a lot right. of human psychology in play here. Yep. I would keep an eye on it. But I, my Dr. Phil here, analytics Dr. Phil says. There's already Dr. Phil. The analytics Dr. point to better performance. Dr. Dak. Dr. Dr. Dak. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay, category number three is entitled Don't Sleep on Kirloff's Impact. Oh, yeah. I'm all on board already. <laughs> yep. Here's the crazy thing. So he's, what is he hitting? He's hitting like, let's see here. Is he still hitting 400 through his first? He's batting 341, 440 on base percentage, a 614 slugging percentage, another bomb yesterday. So he's played 14 games since making his return. His 44% hard hit rate is sixth in baseball, so it's not a fluke. This dude's just hitting the crap out of everything, right? Mm-hmm. The, in fact, uh, of those five hitters that are better than him in hard hit rate, Aaron Judge, Paul Goldschmidt, and Ronald, uh, Ronald Acuna are three of them, so three of the best hitters in baseball. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, he was one of the top 20 prospects in all of baseball, according to Baseball America. 
He has destroyed every single level of the minor leagues through the last five years or so. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to be hitting second, third, fourth in this lineup, right? I mean, he has been the the Twins' best hitter since the call-up two or three weeks ago. I would just say I think there's been a feeling that, oh, Kirloff's back. That's nice. Okay, maybe he can be a contributor. There's a chance that you literally injected an MVP caliber hitter into your lineup if he stays healthy. And I don't think that's hyperbole based on where he's been at as a prospect and how he's mashed the minor leagues. And I get the the fact that the continued wrist problems have turned pe- people in, into a, you know, wait and see type. Um, and look, Buxton has two. Like, that's the problem is like the Twins have two great players who are continually hobbled, and so it's like, okay, Phil, talk about Kirloff, but until he he can play consistently, Mm -hmm. but that does not change this. He is a special player. At the plate, just watch him hit. Watch that. That home run that he hit Oppo on Sunday was a thing of beauty. Um, This guy can flat out, flat out hit, and I'll tell you right now, if this wrist problem creeps up again and his career officially becomes derailed, it's not going to be that far behind the what what if if not surpassing Buxton's like the what if could oh. this kid is well hell I think Doogie said three years ago now he will win if healthy an AL batting title and I think he's exactly right you watch this guy at the plate uh, he just he, crushes the ball he's yeah. not good he he is borderline great and when he's healthy he is great he can be great at the plate he's a barrel magnet. As they would say, and he just his guy fo- just, his philosophy is so fun to watch. He's the there's a certain calmness about his demeanor. Everything seems to be just very slow in a in a good way to him. He's he's got that just casual baseball confidence that you don't always see with hitters. And I just feel like we've we've put him in this bin of. Well, okay, you know he's had a he's had a couple stints in the major leagues, and he's you know he he hit two fifty and hit for a little power, but he just was kind of he's been kind of lumped in with all the other guys the right. the Larnix and the when Rooker was here, he's just kind he's just kind of one he's one of like six different young corner guys that that we've seen come through here. He is not that he was legitimately a top twenty baseball America prospect as of two years ago. This dude. He buzzsawed his way through, like, basically 40 or 50 games at every level of the minor leagues until the the pandemic and the wrist injuries, and they were like, yep, that guy's graduated. Yep, let's move him up again, move him up again. And he's doing it uh, doing it again in his first 14 games this season healthy. So just don't, don't sleep on his potential impact if he can stay in the lineup. Right? Love that. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. And then I'll give you the fourth category here. It's a juicy rumor that we saw on Twitter. And it's presented by our friends, the Minnesota Twins. Some tickets available. Declan mentioned it. The Giants don't come to town very often. There's some fun teams coming to Target Field. The Giants being one of them. Twins.com slash tickets. If you have yet to see 
a healthy Alex Kirloff. If you've yet to see Bailey Ober, extraordinaire. What is he, like six foot seven or something? He's huge. He's a tall drink of water, as mm-hmm. they say in the business. Twins.com slash tickets. All right, the fourth category is reckless rumors, reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. I don't know how much you trust this account. It's at MLB Rooms, R-U-M-S. MLB Rumors and News. And I'll just read to the two tweets here. Rumor, all caps. Dodgers, Mets, and Twins expected to be big-time players at the trade deadline and will heavily be involved in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. While it's unlikely he gets traded as of now, teams are preparing for the event where he becomes available heavily. I think they're above 500 right now after taking two or three from the Twins. Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Twins. They're not selling yet. And then people are like, what the? Why are the Twins the third team in this tweet? People just kind of bombarded this account with, okay, Dodgers and Mets make sense because he could easily go sign with one of those teams for a half billion dollars or whatever his contract's going to be. But why are the Twins on here? And uh, at MLB Rooms follows up and says, people seem to be pretty appalled that the Twins are in the mix, but I've heard it. We're still far out, but I don't think they are a team to be joking about. They are trying to build a winner. Reckless speculation. So How do- much do you guys trust at MLB Rooms? Doogie did tell Judd and I in a bonus <laughs> scoop, I don't know, Judd, was this like a week or two weeks ago on Tuesday, that yep. they have already formulated, they're formulating trade deadline plans already. Yep. That they're, already they're already starting to, to kind of, circle the guys that they want to go target and what they want to do and whatnot. Otani though. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't buy that for a second. I really don't. And what's that price tag? Huge. Like so he's a rental. He's a rental. Right. But that's what I'm saying is what, what's the price tag on a rental? So rental he would be best baseball player in the game though. Well, and not in, just, a, not just a rental. Either. And in a long time, I think you'd almost have to pay because it's such an unprecedented value that's on the trade market. You would essentially be trading for one of the best pitchers and one of the best hitters. Yeah. So whatever you, whatever the price would be for, like, when you trade for Max Scherzer in his prime at the deadline, and it would cost you three top prospects or something. Yep. Is it fair to say that you would be giving up almost double that? Is that what they would be asking for? You're not just trading for one guy. You're trading for... yeah two guys and if you trade if the angels trade him my guess is he's not going back there then like if you keep him and he hits the market you still have probably have a case to keep him if you trade him to the twins i don't see him then re-signing with the angels so yeah i mean yeah i think the price would be absolutely enormous would you give up Let's just do this for fun. Okay. <laughs> MLB trade rooms affecting the show. I love it. So you would be getting, let's say, two and a half months or whatever, two months of Shohei mm-hmm. and then the, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's going to sign for 50 plus million dollars a year on yes. like a 10 year. He's literally going to have the, the contract's going to break all records. It'll be a half billion dollar contract mm-hmm. or more. But you'd be getting the best player in baseball for a period of time. Royce Lewis would, I would think, be the starting point in this deal. Yep. Royce Lewis, 
as a ready-made, he would, and maybe he's already been playing for the Twins for a month by that point. Would you would you trade like Royce Lewis, Trevor Larnick, and four top prospects? Yeah. For 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 rental Otani. Yeah. I no. Yes. No. Yes. Wow. Ev- no. Every single time. It's not just it's not just you're You'd acquiring only get him a nice for two and a half months. And if I, I'll take it. Wow. I'll take my chances. Because if because even if it's Royce Lewis or let hell maybe they want Brooks Lee too, who is also tearing up the minor leagues early on. Would. I would one hundred percent plug in. It would the be the best. Be Bro- it'd be Bro- it'd be Brooks Lee. It'd be so the dot uh, the, the Angels. By the way, they do have a young shortstop named Zach. I think is it Zach Neto? Yeah. Zach Neto. Neto. Yeah, he's good. He he played um three three games. Nice player. Really nice player. Yep. But you could you could pretty easily move. But Royce you could would move play Royce thir- to third. Like Rendon is yeah. broken down. He's thirty three. You'd probably move Royce to third. You'd have a, just a great young left side of the infield. Urshel is playing third right now. So yeah, you he he would just lose his job again. Hmm. I would do this trade. Oh boy, so, uh, it's such Easily. an uncertainty in baseball. You're not you're not guaranteed anything. I, I think want... what's tough is you, you'd sorry, be you'd sorry. be you'd be gutting. You got to walk the line of like, would you go into a tailspin for five or six years because you made this trade and you just gutted everyone that was going to be in your starting lineup for the next handful of seasons for for an attempted run? In general, I'm with Declan. Be aggressive. Oh yeah, screw prospects. Go for it all. Right, and the Twins haven't done that enough. So I'm very 50-50, probably leaning no, unless you had, or unless you had a real desire to pay him a half a billion dollars, which, to this point, the poll ads have not. That's the thing. If you make that trade, you have to keep him. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did offer Carlos Correa three hundred million dollars. Yeah, they came. Really they did. They came underneath so the other. Sorry, I'm sorry. I as a cheap shot. I'm sorry. I'd like to apologize. It's Monday. I took an unnecessary cheap shot. Sorry. <laughs> He's back above two hundred. So, all right, just it's. Uh, I don't know how much we trust at MLB rooms. I but figured we'd throw it out. There. I only consider it if I could talk to Otani in his camp beforehand and sign him. But he's not going to give you that answer. He's going to hit yeah, free agency, and like, I know. And why, why would he agree to a I deal? Know, before? But that's what I'm saying is I can't give up that much for a month or some or two months. I don't know. It, he's generationally the best baseball player we've seen in a long time that can hit and can pitch. I, I don't know why, in my opinion, I, this is a no brainer for me. I, I don't, I don't hesitate if they want those two top prospects plus the fill in guys. Like if it's Brooks Lee and Royce Lewis for Otani plus fill out Brooksy, the rest pack of the your meal, bags guy. No Ober. problem. No Ober. problem. Oh, pack your bags. Ober. I want him too. If I'm the angels, you probably kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Have ba- go Lewis, ahead. Lee. Take Ober. Bailey Ober. Okay. Brooks, so, okay. Brooks Lee. Hold on. Let's do this. Brooks Lee. Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis. Bailey Ober. Bailey Ober. Larnick. He's just kind of a... Well, yeah. I'm just saying, well, I'm starting to fill this out. Mm-hmm. Well, I just gave you three. I mean, a top prospect. I'm giving you the top I think there's two. also... Let's, let's, let's see what Twins Pipeline has for the top ten right now. Oh, there's... So if Royce and Royce and Brooks, I think they just updated them too. Royce and Brooks are the, are the top two prospects in the organization. Those guys go. And then you probably have to give up what at least two more at guys? Least two more at guys least two more guys in the top ten, top fifteen. Yeah, dude, God, Julian is their fourth prospect right now. That's fascinating. Their their recent first round picks. I saw two of them are just awful. Sabato is like oh, hitting one thirty. Yeah. yeah. So you'd probably God. I'm looking at pitchers. Their pitching pipeline is 
real thin right now. You probably, I mean, Simeon Woods Richardson, you probably kicking that deal. Oh yeah, got Austin. Remember when Austin Martin was like their second or third best prospect? That whole Barrios yeah. thing has turned out really weird because Barrios is. Mm. I don't know what happened there either. Okay, it's Jose. probably you'd, you'd probably give him your your top according to MLB Pipeline. Your top three prospects are Brooks Lee, shortstop, Royce Lewis, shortstop. But they already and they already have a shortstop. But then they would figure out what to do. Yeah, they can maybe you just have all those guys playing playing around. Uh, and then Emmanuel Rodriguez is the twenty year old outfielder, left handed hitter. He's at A ball right now. Yep. I think you would just offer your top three prospects and like Bailey Ober and somebody else. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Do right I don't now. know what. Oh, man. Let us know in the YouTube comment yeah, section. Would, would you do something? What would the yeah. trade have to look like? Would you build off this for us? Build off it. MLB trade right, rules. Judd, you coward. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this unless you throw in Trout, too. Then, then we got a deal. Okay. Yeah. Reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Speculation. Amazing. All right. There it is. There's your State of the Twins Monday here presented by Modest Brewing on Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd.